You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, good friends, and welcome to another episode of the 10,000 Layers Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Radke, here, as always, with Julian Andrews. What's up, Kyle? What's up, man? How are you? Pretty good, you know? Hanging in there. Hang as, as good as we can be. Um, great news to start our show today. We we kind of hinted at it last episode. Um, hey, DraftKings Sportsbook, they're our new sponsor. Welcome, DraftKings. That's fun. And like, uh, especially obviously this time of year with March Madness has just been insane. All the tournament games have been nuts. Um, last night I watched that Arkansas game. Um, Eric Musselman, great ending to that. Yeah. So um, super fun. Um, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100, which seems like a pretty good deal. If the college basketball team of your choice uh, pulls off the win. That's code TBPN to turn $1 into $100 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Um, Julian, I'm not a math major. I'm not great with my finances but turning one dollar into one hundred dollars uh it seems like a good deal that's something we can all get behind for sure yeah and obviously uh you know in minnesota um i, I you know the, the the sports book isn't an option but um just go on DraftKings anyways um there's tons of fun stuff there's basketball contests every night i dive into that yeah um, i do a lot of dfs with them. Yeah. not a lot but you know a fair amount mm-hmm. yeah well you you caught yourself there. You're like, if Bridget's listening to this, I do a fair amount. <laughs> no, don't worry. She does not listen. Once a week. Um, see, I got Jenna to listen to pretty much every episode now. Um, nice. nice. Which is, it's kind of awkward Jenna. when I go downstairs uh, in, in our house and it'll be like a random Wednesday and she's listening. I can just hear my voice downstairs and I, I, I'm, I'm worried. I'm wondering what's going on. Um, and she just listened to us talk about stupid stuff like we always do. That's great. Yeah, it's really fun. Um, speaking of stupid stuff, uh, well, the Timberwolves faced <laughs> off against the Rockets in um, back-to-back games, and I know the the eyes of the league were on that on those yeah, games. They, they really certainly did. were. Uh, the Wolves won the first game. Uh, they outscored the Rockets, so they went on a twenty-two to zero run to end the game. Um, which I'll say this: if you thought that twenty-two run was super exciting to end the game, you're mistaken. It was not exciting. It was super sloppy from both sides. I think Carl Anthony Towns said after the game, we didn't deserve to win. Um, 
But when you play a team like the Rockets and as bad as they are, um, to be fair, I don't think the Rockets deserve to win either. No, that I I, I agree. Um, but then they absolutely just destroyed the Wolves uh, on Saturday night. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Julian, we've kind of hinted to this before. Um, like the Wolves have Towns, Edwards, Beasley. If you just look at their top end talent, they should be better than the Rockets. I think we're at the point where maybe we can just say that the Timberwolves aren't very good. Wait, you're just reaching that point now? Well, no, no, I've Julian, I've been, you know, this, I've been pretty hard on like negative on this team the whole time. I'm just saying like the whole wait till we get our core together. Right, 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 like, right. Let's yeah. chill. Like you just lost to the Rockets and they don't have any, like and, they, and given what we saw from D'Lo earlier in the season, it's unlikely that him coming back is going to move the needle that much. It's really hard to, I don't understand why this team is this bad. I, I don't get it. I don't either. Um, the the one thing I was thinking about this morning actually was maybe like, because I think we tend to overrate those fringe guys. We've talked about this before. Yeah. Yeah. But so like, maybe we're doing a combination of overrating like the core guys, but also overrating the fringe guys. Like maybe Are the core guys overrated though. Like Carl was great. Yeah. I mean, last night, you know, I, yeah. so I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. I, I mean, he, yeah, maybe like the fringe guys, like the Nas Reeds and the Jordan McLaughlin's, and obviously like the Jarrett Culver situation is just like he barely plays. Um, like Josh Okogie, his offense has never improved since his rookie year. And that was his thing. It was like, well, if he can get offense to add to his defense, he's gonna be so good. And he's, I feel like he's gotten worse on offense. Um, like Wancho Hernan Gomez, that's an L. Like he's not very good. We knew that though. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know what the answer is. Um, the Wolves didn't make a move. Uh, at the trade deadline was, which was actually somewhat surprising, just as active as Rosas has been over the years. Um, you thought there'd be some sort of move, but then back to that point of the players that the Wolves have available, like I, I didn't see, like Rosas wasn't going to punt on Russell, especially he's hurt, but he's not going to like punt on that move yet. Um, Towns isn't going to get traded. Edwards obviously isn't. Um, like then the rest of the guys, it's like Hernan Gomez, uh, Culver, Akogi. Uh, you know, Rubio, I guess like nobody wants those guys. Like maybe Rubio, but like who, like who's like, yeah, give me Jarrett Culver for a second round pick. It's like, no. Yeah. It's like, what's the move? Like you say that you're surprised they didn't make a move, but we've also talked at length here about how there aren't any moves to be made for them. Yeah. So, unless, unless you're trying to like, like unless the trade was D'Angelo Russell for Aaron Gordon, right. unless like, you're like ready to move D'Lo. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So no, moves honestly though, I'm kind of glad they didn't do something kind of make a panic trade there's really this is a lost year again you know there's no i don't i don't really see any reason to move anybody right now they're at the they're probably at the lowest their value is ever going to be i think the only way you get out of this is if you kind of hope that somebody can turn something around um yeah so i'm kind of glad that they didn't just like make a move for the sake of making a move yeah no i i agree um and like the gordon trade and we'll talk about that in a little bit here um obviously was I mean, I guess the price um, that Denver paid for him, it seemed actually pretty affordable um, compared to what the Wolves probably could have offered. But um, yeah, I mean, otherwise, like the other, like John Collins stayed in Atlanta, which it seems like that situation has gotten a lot better. Yeah, um, for sure. I mean, they're winning now. Yeah, well, and th- there was an interesting piece in The Athletic about a week ago. Um, it, it was probably right after Lloyd Pierce got fired, so maybe longer than that. But it was basically about the, the like it was this uh, the question was 
what coach would you least want to play for? And Atlanta Hawks player responded, can I say my current coach? And that's when Lloyd Pierce was the coach. So I, I, I have no idea. Again, at, on this podcast, we report things that we hear through 12 grapevines. So it's not, yeah. none of it's actually news, but like if, if that is, if, if that is the case, when a coach loses a locker room, um, you know, you, you like, you see the player efforts change real quick. Yeah, um, I agree. I do hate to see Trey Young succeed, but what can you, you do? Yeah, you hate Atlanta. Got to give credit where credit's due. I don't hate Atlanta. Not the as city. A city. Just I don't the like. Hawks. I don't like Trey Young. I like John mm-hmm. Collins. I like the rest of them. Yeah, I wrote a column and uh, I said recently, uh, and basically talked about John Collins not liking Trey Young, and um, the Trey Young stands on Twitter are are just as bad as the D'Angelo Russell's, which I actually understand because Trey Young's Trey Young's better, better than D'Angelo Russell. So it makes sense in my mind why, why he would have defenders. Yeah. I don't get the D'Angelo Russell thing still. We, I guess we talked about like the big market thing. Um, but man, when you say something bad about D'Angelo Russell, oof, don't do it on Twitter. Um, I just don't have a big enough following for the stands to come after me. And I also don't tweet as much as you. So I'll just retweet. You, know, all you should just lose you know, you know, several thousand followers and stop tweeting as much. Well, and then, if there's another election, I will. <laughs> and then the DLO, yeah, right. <laughs> and then the DLO stands will stop annoying you. Uh, Julian, let's go into some winners and losers from the trade deadline. We didn't talk about this before. Um, well, we did. We said each person get a winner and loser. Um, all right, I'll go first. Uh, so they didn't come away with any like real talent during the deadline. Um, and maybe you have this team as your winner too. Um, I pick the Orlando Magic. Yeah, same. Okay. Uh, so let's, we can kind of discuss. I'll go first. Um, when we talked to um, Michael Pina from Sports Illustrated earlier, he talked about this column that he was writing on the Magic. And this is probably two months ago. And he just said, uh, the Orlando Magic, they're stuck in this like purgatory of like we're the eight seed, but. Um, we like our guys and we're going to stick to this process. And when everybody else in the league is trying to like make all these moves, we're just going to stick to the plan. Well, they blew up that plan, which was somewhat expected, but also kind of a surprise given where we've seen um, the team ended up trading Evan Fournier to the Celtics, Nikola Vucevic to the bulls and Aaron Gordon to the nuggets. Um, Their reward from all of this. And I mean, Vucevic is good, but I would never, like to get two first round picks for him, I think is pr- pretty outstanding. Um, like these guys are solid, but if they were all really good, the magic would have been better. Um, so that's, I think that's probably how you should look at it. Um, yeah. Their reward overall, Wendell Carter jr. Who is a tor- former top 10 pick uh, two first round picks, uh, two second round picks, RJ Hampton, um, Gary Harris, and a 2025 top five pick. So they ended up getting three first round three picks. First rounders, yeah. yeah. RJ Hampton was, the 24th pick in this year's draft. So you could kind of call him a, you know, you know, a first round pick. So um, like, they're going to be way worse obviously than they were, which I mean, who cares if you weren't going to make the playoffs anyways. Um, And then next year they'll have the fourth, you know, they're projected to have the fourth and the ninth pick. Um, And, you know, with all these moves, they'll probably lose more games and you could see them get into that top, you know, top two or top three and fight for that number one spot. So yeah, I liked what they did. Mart. Yeah. I mean, and also if you think about it, the, I mean, two of those first are coming from Chicago, right? Correct. So, I mean, and the 2023, I'm, I'm pretty sure someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the 2023 is unprotected. Yeah, like I like Vooch, but I don't think that Chicago. I mean, I don't think Chicago is going to be very good. So, so I mean, 
I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to say the bulls are a loser here necessarily, but I don't quite get the move for them. It seems like a lot to give up for Vooch, even though Vooch is really good. And I think at this point he's probably underrated. I just, if you're Chicago, I don't really understand why you're doing this, but yeah, definitely a good move for the, for the magic. Um, as kind of effective as the core of Vooch, Gordon, Fournier, etc., was at getting to the playoffs and being reasonably good, they were clearly never going to make it probably even past the first round. Yeah. So I, I just think this is the right kind of move. Wendell Carter Jr. is the perfect guy, for, you know, to trade for now. Yeah. He's like one of those guys who so had a really high billing coming into the draft and it clearly has a lot of talent but through whatever combination of injuries fit there the, you know since he joined the league the coaching situation in chicago has been a nightmare like that is not a super stable organization for a lot of reasons and so i i think it's a great great move for the magic yeah and you, then, you do wonder if they could have gotten more for evan fortier yeah that's that's probably the thing um i mean two second round picks and jeff teague i think um Jeff Teague is also now gone. And then they waved him right away, which um <laughs> that's yeah. probably if they well like I won't now, say it. <laughs> the question is, does Jeff Teague ever play again? Um yeah. which only we care about. Um yeah, and then like you know, for the Nuggets, um, you know, I I mean I, I see why the Bulls did it. Um if they would have traded for Lonzo Ball, um on that day two, it would have made more sense for me because then you actually have like a real core and you probably have to get rid of Kobe white and like make the numbers work. So yeah. And you tell me if that's worth it. I don't know. Um, then it would have made more sense, but now it's like, okay, so you upgraded, uh, you know, Carter jr. In your center spot to Vucevic, but now you don't have your first round pick this year. And in, you don't have one in 2023. And you're still not going to be able to play any defense. Yeah. So, um, you know, what hopefully it works out, I guess. Um, and then, you know, with, with Denver, I, I like that trade because I mean, you're giving up a uh, 2025 protected pick. So, you know, in four years, if you still have Murray and, and Jokic, which they will, um, they're going to be like right at their peak still, yeah. you know, right at like the 30 year old Mark. Um, so it's like, they're not like that pick is going to end up being like the 25th pick. Um, RJ Hampton is whatever. We don't know what he is. Um, and then Gary Harris is like, his contract is just bloated. And obviously he had that real good season before his contract. Um, he's and been he has, horrible and he hasn't really, yeah, he's been like the guy that they have to play, but, um, yeah, I, I like that trade a lot for them. It seems like I do too. There's I really, do too. yeah, I, I don't get like, for me, there's no, like, if that's the trade, there's no reason why you don't do that. I'm surprised that more teams didn't get in on Gordon. If that was the price. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure. It's funny because I like the the trade deadline overall for the Magic a lot, but I also wonder, you know, it's like, did you really extract all the value you could out of Fournier and Gordon? Because mm-hmm. the Vooch trade, great, do it hundred, you know, ten times out of ten if you don't think you're going to win with Vooch, which clearly they didn't. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's really interesting. I think that the Nuggets, there's kind of this way to look at that trade where you say, okay, well, is this really just kind of a makeup for losing Jeremy Grant? I've heard that take a lot. Yeah. Um, and I think that's fair, but at the same time, you know, the Nuggets kept kind of running into a wall, and so they decided to go a different way, and they maybe shouldn't have done that, but now, you know, kind of they are where they are, and you can only yeah. make moves based on where you are, and so I think Gordon's going to make them a lot better. I also think this was the optimal place for Gordon to go, and I, I don't know how much that played into the Magic deciding to move him to the Nuggets, um, 
But, you know, he's not quite good of an, enough of a guy to be like, oh, we have to get him out of the conference. But I do kind of wonder if there was any loyalty there where they said, you know, this might be a good place for Gordon. Because I think Jokic is going to make him a lot better. I think he fits really nicely on that team. Um, yeah, I think if I were Aaron Gordon, I'd be really happy right now. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's a, it's a place for him to stay in his role, like not not stay in his role, but like I think y- you get the most out of Aaron Gordon. Yeah, you know, sometimes um, you know less is more. Um, okay, my loser. Uh, maybe y- you go first with your loser. Um, I'm kind of going back and forth on this. Uh, I mean, I was gonna. I don't know. I was kind of gonna say the Bulls, but I feel like yeah. we've already talked about that. Well, I mean, let's dive in more because, like, if you think so, their lineup right now. Um, I don't know if this is like for sure their starting lineup, but I, I, I'm just, I can go to Basketball Reference here. But Kobe White, Zach Levine, um, Vucevic, Markinen. Um, yeah, I don't know. I they're just not very interesting to me. I just don't see them getting very far. I don't see that team being good enough to really push any of the actual contenders in the East. So, I mean, I feel like they're just kind of going to be the new magic. Like they're going to be a seven or eight seed every year, as long as this is their core. If there are more moves coming, great. Eh, I'm just, you know know what? I'm not that interested in talking about the bulls. I just don't really think there's much to talk about here. Real loser. I think this is probably who you're going to pick too is probably the rockets, right? Okay. So they're on my list. Um, I went with another team, but yeah, let's talk about the rockets because they turned James Harden and nothing real quick. Yeah, dude. I, I don't understand. I get that if you are the Rockets, you say, okay, we'll get Victor Oladipo in and give him a good look. Um, but how do you not... How do, you, how do the Rockets come out of the James Harden trade with neither one of the probably two best pieces that were moved in that trade? Uh, right? I mean, yeah, that, I mean, that, that's the take. Like, especially when you look at like the Paul George trade. Um, and I'm trying to think of some other trades that have happened recently where basically teams just get all the draft picks um, where it's like, Hey, we're, we're going to give you, you know, here's 10 future first round draft picks for X player. Um, you know, it feels like there's been like two or three of those in the last like few years. And you're suddenly like, Oh, if you have a star that wants to leave, like uh, the Pelicans is a good example. You, you get picks and then you get like Brandon Ingram, like you get like a good core back. Um, and it was like, okay, so if you have a star player, like you have all the power because teams are just going to try to outbid each other. Uh, the Rockets just completely screwed that up, it felt like. Would you not rather have Karis LeVert than, yes. than two months of Victor Oladipo? And I yeah. get that you're not going re- not necessarily going to want to resign him, but it, if you don't think you're going to want to resign Victor Oladipo, why trade for him? They, they, and Jared Allen ending up in Cleveland, it just feels like the Rockets just tried to get too tricky with it. And yeah. they, they wanted this like totally blank slate, but I think that's kind of a false. I think the fact, I think that being a good thing is kind of a false idea in the NBA. You don't actually want a blank slate. You want young, good players. So what if you have to pay them? At least, you know, they're good. Yeah. It felt like they were trying to hedge their bet. Like they were like in between, right. we want to be good and we want to have like future assets and flexibility. And then it just turned into him having like nothing. And Oladipo, um, to be fair, wasn't that good on the Rockets. Like, if I were the Rockets, no. I wouldn't want to pay Victor Oladipo either. But it's just kind of so. It's not necessarily the fact that moving him was bad. It's just how do you make this series of decisions that ends up that starts with you having a potential MVP candidate and ends with you having like Christian Wood and no one else on your team. 
Well, and all I mean, of these other assets that used to be on the Nets just kind of dispersed throughout the league. I mean, we can kind of break it down, right? Like they went from, we have James Harden and Russell Westbrook to, okay, James Harden's unhappy. Russell Westbrook's unhappy. Let's trade Russell Westbrook and we'll get John Wall in. And maybe that'll make James Harden happy. And we got, oh, I, I forgot about John Wall. We, but and, we, and we have DeMarcus Cousins. And then it went to, okay, James Harden still isn't happy. We have to trade him. And then it's like, okay, let's try to get players that complement John Wall and Christian Wood. Um, and let's get Victor Oladipo and what we'll bring back. Like basically they were going for the star power. And then it was like, Oh, we've lost 20 straight games. John Wall and Victor Oladipo aren't good. We've already cut DeMarcus cousins. Christian Wood's been hurt forever. Um, yeah, we have to do something cause we're going to yeah. end up with nothing, which is pretty much what they ended up with anyways. But, um, I mean, it's all about the money, right? Like they're all just trying. I mean, I feel like all of this is just trying to extricate their way out from under what, the money that used to be the Westbrook and Harden contracts, right? Like, but, but I don't get it. Money doesn't win you basketball games. Houston is not, I don't, Houston might have an idea that they're this kind of big free agent destination, but I don't feel like anybody's going to want to go there. No, I, I, I agree. I think like the, the, the owner there, um, I don't know if he's super popular among players. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And you, you can like Google why, but I think there was concerns around um, yeah. some of his affiliations um, during the 2020 election. Um, but I mean, right now the Rockets, it looks like uh, they have, they'll have like the, their, their first round pick, which is set to be the third pick right now. Um, they have Portland's first round pick, which is 23rd overall uh, part of the Covington trade. And then they have the Bucks first round pick. Um, which is 25th overall. But as we know with those weird... You're not like, building with Portland. 23rd and, and 25th. Yeah. yeah, it's like you might get lucky on a player that can play 15 to 20 minutes a game. Um, but okay, let's let's go into that um, a little bit with, with Portland. Um, so my loser, it's not Portland, but it's instead Toronto. Uh, Toronto did make a move with Portland um, for Gary Trent Jr., um, which I guess that's probably a good deal for the Raptors to get a younger player and the, and it make it makes sense. The Blazers get like a, you know, kind of a p more polished player. Um, I, you know, I, I don't, it's kind of a dime for a dime for me. It's, you know, it's whatever. Um, well, I think Norm Powell's Powell's significantly better than Gary Trent Jr. Yeah. And and Rodney Hood. Yeah. I, I just think it makes sense for both sides because for Toronto, yeah. you're getting rid of a player that you probably were going to bring back. Um, and then for, um, same with Portland, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um that's funny because I thought we thought like Blazers fans like Gary Trent Jr. more. No, but I was really sad to see Gary Trent Jr. get traded, to be mm -hmm. clear. Like I really like him. He's 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 awesome. I love his personality. I love his attitude. I think he's gonna be a really solid player. But if you just look at where Dave and CJ are in terms of their age and kind of where Nurk is, you you kind of gotta pick if you're Portland between developing these young players and starting to like actually try to make a final push. And I think Norm Powell fits really well in that sense. Um, I'm curious why you hate this for Toronto so much because well, I, I, so it's not yeah. this trade that I hate for Toronto. It's the fact that they kept Kyle Lowry. Mm, um, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. I, it, for me, like some of the reports that were coming out in the week prior and who knows where these reports were coming from, but it was like, okay, the, you know, he might go to the Lakers, but um, for a first round pick and then maybe like Talon Horton Tucker, but the Lakers were 
Um, they were like, we don't really want to trade we Taylor Horton Tucker. By the Lakers. By yeah, the I agree. Um, but then there was even like chatter of like, hey, um, we could see Lowry go to the Heat for, you know, a package of like Kelly Olenek and Tyler Hero. And it was like, oh my God, like, why would Miami do that? That seems silly. But they're like, or, but maybe it could be like Duncan Robinson. Yeah, and, I feel like they didn't want to move Harrow. And, but, but even still, it's like, even if you can't get Horton Tucker, which I, I, I guess he had like one week of good preseason games. So he's like, not, you, you can't trade him, God forbid. Um, but then, like, you went from the report saying that you could get young talent like him or Tyler Harrow. And like, and a first round pick or a first round pick. I think I heard like first round pick Tyrese Maxey, Danny Green. Too, yeah. From from, Philly. From yeah. Philly. And like, to me, it's like, I, I guess I, I don't understand if you're Toronto and you get like even half of that trade, why you're not making that because yeah, you're about to lose him for nothing. Right. Now he's just going to walk. Yeah. And for, for me, I guess like, I don't know. That's very confusing. It's like, why not just get the assets that you can for him? Maybe um, they want to make a push this year, but they're not very good. I mean, they're 18 and 27. Yeah. Um, I don't, they're yeah. like two games back from just the play in games. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, they're, they're in a tough spot because I think we all were like, oh, wow. That goes from Kawhi to Pascal Siakam. And then we're realizing like quickly that Siakam's just not very good. It's kind of like the Orlando thing. It's like, he's not bad, but he's no. not, he's not, he can't be your best player. No. It, like, he's perfect, like next to Kawhi, you know, <laughs> as yeah. many NBA players would be. Yeah. It's um, no, it's similar to like Orlando. It's like, well, if Lowry and Siakam were that good, Toronto would just be better. Um, you know, but it is what it is. Um, yeah, it would have been you- nice to see them just go with Van Vliet and play Gary Trent a lot of minutes and kind of see what they have there. But yeah, it's 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 weird. I, I don't yeah. know. I assume they will not resign Lowry and they will sign resign Gary Trent. Yeah. So I guess we'll see that next year. But it's like, yeah, why not get? You know who would be perfect next to those guys is Duncan Robinson. Like, imagine the three-point shooting of of a backcourt of Robinson, Trent, and Fred Van Vliet. Yeah, and even if you can get, like, we just said, like, you know, the 25th pick in the draft is not a great pick. But also, it's like, even if you can get that, like, just get yeah. it. Yeah. Like, you, you know, it's better than nothing. Like, we've seen a lot of players at the end of the draft work out. Um, so, I, yeah, I just, I guess I, I don't understand what I mean, the, it's still an asset. Yeah, you I can still see you just saw RJ Hampton moved for Aaron Gordon. Yeah. So clearly late round picks still have some kind of trade value even after they're turned into players, which it's really funny to me how much less valuable <laughs> a, a player taken at 25 is compared to the 25th pick. It's just yeah. like that illusion of uh, opportunity. I know. It's like the uh you know, like the the Thunder, I think somebody I don't even know how many picks they have in the next like few years. Like 32 or something. It's insane. But if you were like, but instead of 32 picks, if you were like, if you just went back in the last, like yeah, last right, draft right. and took every player that they would have, like from that draft, I mean like, okay, so they have uh James Wiseman. Okay. That's nice. But then you're like, then they have, um, Taylor Horton Tucker and they have RJ Hampton and you have Josh Kogi, um, you know, and you like piece it together yeah. and you're like, Oh, that's, that's not really a good team. And then you have to cut half of them. Yeah. And then, yeah, you have to figure out what to do with half of them. Um, and then hopefully you do, you do cut the right half. Um, no, I think the thunder are still in a good shape, but you're right. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, you make a good point. It's like the car in a, um, yeah. you know, like lot once it leaves, right. it's like, all right, exactly. see ya. That's exactly what it is. You lose yeah. whatever $5,000 in value. As soon as it's you like drive same, it off a lot. After draft night and the guy puts on nope. his hat, it's like, Oh, you're not as good as we thought you'd be. Right. Like, Wait, what? Like, um, Julian card talk. Um, yeah, yeah. So do you remember it was 
what is that two years ago? Luca's rookie year. Um, mm-hmm. We were buying prison boxes off the shelf and we yeah, were, we were target. like telling ourselves that we were spending too much money on them yep. for $20 a box. Um, well, obviously those cards are worth a lot more now and we should have bought more. Um, but I don't so, have any good pres- I don't have any good cards though from that time period. You have that that Trey Young red white blue. Yeah, that's true. That's like yeah, a five hundred dollar card. That's true. Um, you agree, uh, Jaron Jack. If it grades well. Yeah, even if it's a nine, I mean it's like yeah, two fifty. Which you think twenty dollar blasters? Um, I know, right? You know, you think of those hey, are the you, days. <laughs> you, didn't, you probably didn't buy fifteen of them, so you just no. Um, yeah. Um, okay. Well, Prism comes out on March thirty first, which is Wednesday. Um, Julian, we've seen card prices just soar over the last year. Uh, hobby boxes right now, which are 12 packs and 12 cards per, per pack. But they're the hobby ones though, right? So they're they, better. They're yeah. Um, they're numbered. theoretically, yeah. theoretically. Yep. Um, you know, I have a tough time and this is probably a conversation for another time. The most valuable card cards in the, you know, these products are obviously if you get a numbered rookie card of a player, that's great. Like if you get the, you know, last year, if you would have got a Zion to 99 rookie, obviously that's huge. But for the most part, what you're searching for is just their base prism rookie. Um, and that goes for any product. And if you have to pay like obviously a premium to get the $2,300 box, like I don't, I, I, I think retail that's is probably $2,300. Yeah. So that's, uh, yep. I kind of spoiled it. It's $2,300. Oh my God. Which Julian, we used to buy packs of the hobbies when they were like $35 and feel weird afterwards and feel weird because we thought it was too much money. Um, these packs will be about $190. Oh, my god, for 12 cards! So, uh, Holy shit. so, so how much are the like non hobby? Like, how much is the blaster box gonna uh, be? Or I is that just not gonna exist? Well, I don't think that hasn't been released yet. So, I mean, technically, the blaster is still $20, but. They're going to be impossible to get them. They're going to, yeah, they're going to be impossible to get. And then you'll, what you'll see is flipped on eBay. Yeah. They'll be flipped. And then card shops will end up selling them for, you know, I think prison football this year, like a hobby box or a a blaster box was going for like a hundred or $120. Good Lord. We really missed the, missed the boat here. Yep. We did. Um, so my advice to you, um, similar to what I talked about before, like try to like when prism comes out, people are going to go crazy and those prices are going to soar. Um, and obviously the other cards, their prices won't go down, but, um, there's going to be less interest in them. So if you can find, uh, you know, Donruss hoops certified, whatever else is out there, um, on eBay for individual players that you want to like take chances at, um, to, you know, whether you want to grade them or just hopefully they boost in value. Um, that's probably the play, but like the $2,300 is so interesting because so like, let, let's say last year you bought a box of prism and, um, you did, you know, you got, let's say you got three Zion rookie cards, which obviously is not guaranteed. Um, you like, chances are mm-hmm. you probably won't get one, but let's say, and then you, you flip them all and you PS, you send them into PSA, um, and they all 10, which again, that seems unlikely that that would happen, but all of them 10 you're, you're so happy. Okay. Those cards are going for $700 right now. So like, let's say you hit the lottery and you get three Zions in, you know, that, 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 uh, box. Okay. So you're $2,100. You're still $200 short. Um, yeah. obviously probably the other cards you get, you can probably work your way up there. 
Um, but basically what you're doing here is you're gambling for the monster. And, yeah. you know, but I guess my question is like, obviously the prices are going up and, and that'll somewhat reflect the card prices, mm -hmm. but it's like, unless a Lamello prism PSA 10 is going for five grand or three grand or four grand. I just don't understand how this I don't think it's worth it. Yeah. I, 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 it's just too much money. It's just like, honestly, it's just, it's just like straight up, not fun. It's just too much money to be fun. Like th that's how I feel. If you have to invest that much, like then you're kind of getting into the world, as you said, of like high stakes gambling, which is just not my vibe. And and, and if you have like again, if you have the money, if you have twenty three hundred dollars, people spend, who want to do that. But yeah, like, like if you have twenty three hundred dollars to spend, you also like don't need to make your money back. Yeah, that's, if you're that's the type true. of person who can afford to buy this stuff, then then I guess you don't really. I mean, I'm sure you care on some level, but if you have this kind of income just floating around, like. I don't know. It's it's kind of weird to me. I, it's just it's a little sad. I'm not and I'm not like against it. I'm glad that people are getting into the sports card world. It's fun, but it's kind of sad that you can't just like buy fun cards anymore. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's um, also here's my shameless plug for myself. Um, oh, my wow. outside the lines uh, interview was it's it was shared digitally. Um, I didn't make the final cut on the TV. You did not. I did not. Oh, disappointing for the radke family but um i get it which are you on the are you on the any of the other cuts yeah yeah, yeah. I, I i shared it on my twitter oh um, nice cool yeah cool. so i'm on like the seven minute cut but obviously cool. for like their outside the line segment they could only do like a three minute cut Damn. um so they they kept the rich guy and the basketball player and they got rid of the sports card collector um yeah. checks but, out yeah checks I, out. I, I i got it and i was like i get it um one quick stat before we go to our restaurant of the week uh, Julian, Chris yeah. Finch's win percentage with the Timberwolves, 26%. Ryan Saunders, uh, win percentage with the Timberwolves this, from this season, 23%. Mm. So, um, it's about incremental value. It's about building. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. Building, I, building the no, I'm, I'm totally kidding. I, I, don't, I want, don't think what I, happened was Ryan's fault. I'm not saying anything. Literally. I don't like, I'm not even trying to do anything when I say that. It's just um, funny. That's just that's just a little stat for you guys. That's that's just a little nugget to chew on. Kyle Statkey. Kyle Stat. <laughs> Kyle Statkey. Yep. Um, okay. Uh, restaurant of the week. Julian, have you ever been to High High? I love High High. It's one of my oh, favorite yeah, restaurants. Yeah. So it's in Northeast. Uh, the weather's starting to get warmer. Um, there's great outdoor seating. People are starting mm -hmm. to get vaccinated, which is great. I got mine on uh, Friday, actually. You did wow. Yep. yep. Nice. Exciting times. Exciting times. Um, yeah, Very no, cool. super, super cool moment. So, um, but yeah, high, high in Northeast. Um, we haven't been there in probably since, you know, pre pandemic, which is probably for everybody, but we are really excited to go back. They have great mm -hmm. food and like their drinks are so, so good. good. So good. Yep. They also are a underrated spot for brunch. Oh, wow. I've never, they do a really interesting, fun brunch. Well, I'm excited. I'm really. I love, I love that spot. You, you got to be aware if you're going to order some things. When it says it's spicy, it's spicy. They're not messing around. They're not messing around. I really like spicy food, so I really love their stuff. But if you go with people or who don't like spice or you don't like spice, just don't order the things that say they're spicy because it's not. It's not Minnesota spicy. Yeah, it's, I, it's actual spicy. <laughs> I, get in, I get in trouble with that sometimes where I think that I know that I think that I want spicy. And then Jenna will quickly remind me that um, I don't I don't I don't want yeah. spicy. Sometimes too much pepper is, is 
you know, a little too much for me. Um, but yeah, hi, hi. Um, I think it's a, it's, I think it's Vietnamese, yeah, uh, street food. So very, very good. I will say also say, uh, you know, you're giving warnings about the, the, um, spicy food. I'll give warnings about the cocktails. Um, there's some places you can go and have three or four drinks and, um, you're fine. Uh, this place is you have one or two and, um, you know, plan, plan your ride home, plan a safe ride home. You get your money's worth because let's, they will just say, yeah. And they're delicious, but they are, uh, they're very sneaky. They're very, they, they catch up on you. So, yeah, um, I yeah. love high high, man. I've had so many good times at that place. Yeah. Pre- pre-pandemic. Well, let's go. Let's go soon. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm very excited to be eligible for the vaccine on Tuesday, along okay. with the rest of the state. Yeah. I think, uh, it's probably going to be pretty hard to get an appointment, but. I'm going to be trying. I mean, honestly, um, yeah, like it's, it's just, uh, like we were lucky enough to get it on Friday. Um, and I think honestly, like they're, the key is now is just try to get everybody they can. So, um, you know, obviously, yeah. Bridget Bridget got her second shot today, which is awesome. Yeah. So yeah, it's no, it's, it's exciting. Yeah. And it's just like, Obviously, you have to go through like the whatever time period afterwards because sure. you're, like, yeah. I still can't go like catching people's sneezes right now. Right. Um, not that I would before anyway. <laughs> your old, your old. Uh, yeah, hobby. Like pre-pandemic. <laughs> it's just yeah, going to catch some sneezes. Um, but no, it's yeah, it's just like, exciting and it's one of those things where finally it's here. And I think you know we're like we're we're planning our wedding and our weddings in September, and yeah. we had some like, you know initial discussions throughout the winter of like okay, like, what do we do in September if this can't happen or this can't happen? And I'm like, we're still planning for every situation. You just just never know. But like, it finally feels like we might be okay to kind of do what we want to do. Yeah, Um, that's very, that's very exciting. If we can do it in a safe way. And that's something that like in January, I didn't know if that was going to happen. So um, still got to stay sharp for the next couple months. I feel like people are, I'm still, I'm kind of seeing people ease off the gas pedal a little early. Cases are still really high. So mm-hmm. be careful out there, everybody. But yep. get your vaccines if you can. We're at the one yard line. Right. Let's let's give it to Marshawn Lynch. Let's yeah, don't, not get cute. Don't don't pass it. Don't pass. Don't pass. Um, that's the analogy we're looking for. That that's what we're you got you got them all today. You got used cars to draft picks, um cor- uh, coronavirus to uh forever the um, Seahawks memorable Super Bowl play. <laughs> yeah, you you guys get it. Um all right, Julian. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Uh, Have a great week, and we will talk to you guys on Wednesday. Peace.